The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like the show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share the show with a friend or an enemy or whoever you care to do. It is the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city, produced by pod617.com. Please go to that website. If you want your own podcast, that's what we do at the Boston Podcast Network. We create shows for you. I'm going to try to create a show this morning with an old friend, a good friend. He's one of the best in the business at what he does. No, I changed my mind. He is the best in the business at what he does. He's an executive coach and a man to trust and count on and connect with and all that good stuff. And it's Stuart Hershey's in the virtual studio. Stuart, yes. Hello, David. How you doing, my friend? Good. It's great to be back on your show. It's it's great to have you. It's been too long, and you're always a great problem solver and always spin good yarns and all good podcasting stuff. So how has your pandemic been? Can we can, can I say how was your pandemic? Is it over? It's not really it's over. Not, is it? It's not over yet. It's over from – I've had my vaccinations. Me too. I'm all done. Me too. But I didn't get a pin, though. Did you get a pin? No, I, yeah, at Gillette Stadium, they gave me a pin. I don't know what I'm going to do with that pin, but yeah, I don't have to wear that pin when I go to a concert or a movie theater, do I? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I don't practice law anymore. But you might want to talk to one of your favorite uh, lawyers on that one. Yeah. But I don't believe you do. We do not have passports yet, as far as I know. But I do have my little card, which I will, which I got laminated for free at Staples because they are laminating them. Oh, see, that's a good tip already, right off the bat with the, with a great tip. I, w- I didn't know if I'm supposed to laminate mine, so th- this will. Well, be... there's a difference of opinion on that. There is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's so... always a difference of opinion. Of course. One, one opinion says laminate it to protect it, and the other one says don't laminate it because we're probably going to get boosters, and they're going to have to add another little another little sticker. Oh. So, Who the heck but knows? when I asked them, when I asked them, because of course you always ask these questions, they said, "Well, we could put the sticker over the lamination." Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm just not going to give an opinion on this. You'll have to like everyone has to make their own decisions uh, as they seem to do as it relates to everything. Related yeah. To this pandemic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a bunch of make up your own rules. Most of the time. I remember when the whole thing started, I was just confused because it was like, are we, we're, you're allowed to go out, but you have to wear a mask at the beginning. It was like, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. If you're outside, you don't, but then sometimes you do. And it hasn't really gotten any less confusing, but it's good. We were getting the shots. That's it's a great, op- it's a great opportunity to rebel today. I was outside by myself without a mask. Don't tell anybody. Wow. Wow. Arrest that man. Arrest that man. Wait, here come the cops. No mask. Get him. So, I call you an executive coach. Is is that accurate? I know that organizations and individuals hire you for career advice, for communication advice, but correct me on this. So I have uh, several different areas. I call myself a business development coach for professional services because 
in the professional services world, they don't say the word sell, selling or sales. And, and, and I really believe that when you're in professional services, you're not selling and you should not be selling. You should be helping people. Mm-hmm. And that's a kind of the natural way. I actually wrote a really good blog uh, called Reduce Stress, Stop Selling, Start Helping. Mm. Uh, and so, so business development coach for professional services and an executive and leadership coach for, for leaders. And so I have a lot of clients that are, most of my clients are lawyers because I'm a, some people like to say recovering lawyer. I practiced law for a long time, both in firms and in-house, mm-hmm. and then started coaching people on, on getting business. And so I have lawyers and consultants and other professional services. And then I have in-house lawyers and other C-suite executives as clients where I'm doing leadership and executive coaching work and uh, navigating various issues like implicit bias and, and others and strategic kinds of issues, as well as working with some CEOs and other C-suite, C-suite executives on yeah. leadership. And where, and before I forget, where do people go if they want more info on you and everything you do? Ah, well, they could go to LinkedIn and look at me, Stuart Hirsch, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Yeah, that's uh, the better way of spelling it, for sure. A-R-S-C-H. If you get it wrong, you get somebody else, probably. And and also, strategicrelationships.com is go. my website. All right. Uh, those are two places to look for me. Well, we got a couple of segments to run by Stuart here. Later in the show, we're going to do an edition of good stuff where we will both recommend something good that will brighten your day or make you smarter or a better person or something. So stay tuned for that. But before that, I have prepared a sort eh, it's not a quiz so much, but a series of questions for Stuart. And we're going to play the game we call Wicked Smart. I'm smart. My boy's Wicked Smart. So what I've done here is unearth an article that comes from iThemes.com, whatever that is, on the nine common client problems. And since you're a business development coach, these are problems that probably you, you coach your, your clients on all the time. I'm not going to read all nine because I don't like all nine, but I'm going to select certain ones here and there. And the first common client problem is the angry client and I'll read from this article, while, while you may do your best to avoid making clients unhappy, angry clients can happen. They usually happen for two reasons. You screwed something up or the client is being unreasonable. Now, when you have a client like that, what do you do? Let's go back to the beginning. When somebody's angry there. That, that's a very strong emotion. And they got there somehow. Right. And the, the best way and the easiest way to diffuse that is to listen. People need to be heard. And so in I do I do a lot of work with the group that based on the book, The Trusted Advisor. Mm-hmm. And the, the words there are listen, listening is a gift. And sometimes what's really important is just to listen and let the person know they've been heard. So this, you start by by just closing up and closing up your mouth and opening up your ears and listening and listening intently and carefully for what the person's saying, what their issues are, ask some questions. Certainly empathize mm-hmm. with whatever it is that's going on. Obviously they're, they're feeling something and they wouldn't be angry and uh, or they would not be angry. And so find out what it is and then help them move to whatever solution, but don't jump to your solution right away. We, a professional, anybody in professional services, the norm is let's show how smart I am. And I'm going to tell them the answer to their question, sometimes even before they ask it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so when you're dealing with someone that's angry, you have to understand what they're angry about. You have to understand what caused it. And sometimes it's surprising. It's not what you think. 
Mm. Your guess could be totally wrong. And what if you think that the client is wrong and you're right? <laughs> you're right. The, the human tendency might be to try to argue with them and say, well, that's not what happened. That's not what I did. Is that a dangerous road to go down? It depends. I mean, sometimes, it, it, yes, it, it's, always a, it's always a risky road to go down at the wrong time. So at some point, you, may, you, you do have to go down that road mm-hmm. if, if they're truly wrong. But sometimes it's just a difference of opinion or, it's, uh, you know, this is very hard to do in a, in a vacuum. I don't know what the, right. what the person is very about. It's a very so, vague example, I understand. So, so the short answer you, you can make stuff that, up. You know, but you have to listen for what it is. And then if, you, if it turns out that they're wrong, then, then get there by asking questions. It's really kind of a coaching methodology. Ask questions like, what do you, why do you, tell, tell me a little more about that. Tell me why you think that. Help me understand what happened or why you believe whatever it is you believe. And, and you say, well, have you thought about it this way? May I suggest? You know, right. there's a m- number of different words to use. You know, when I'm coaching people, what happens is they'll call me with this kind of a situation and, and we'll really talk it through. And then I ask, I suggest people go back and um, use the magic words. So if anyone's ever really angry with you, I can't imagine that ever happening. You could say, oh, you could use the magic words, the mass, the magic words. And, you know, I've really been thinking about our discussion and, mm. okay. you know, and then you go back and talk about it. So if you can't think of what to say, then, you know, go back and think about it and, and, and then be honest. I've thought about it and I really need to understand this better or, or whatever. So there's a number of different ways of getting there, but you don't start by saying, no, you're absolutely wrong. You're just adding fuel to a fire. Right. For sure. Yeah. And how's that, how's that sound, David? That sounds great. That sounds great. As one follow-up question, does there come a point where you have to say goodbye? Does there have a does there come a point where the client has worn you down so much that you're kind of just better off without that client? You know, so that's a that's like that's a second question. That's not on your list. That's oh, I know. You didn't, All right, that's any of questions on your list, but <laughs> but you know, in, in that particular situation, if if you've just really recent impasse and you know for sure that you're not going to get past the impasse, there's a number of ways to deal with it. One is to say, you know, I don't think we're going to get further now, but. I want to go back and think about it. Don't tell the other person to give you a chance to cool off so that you can talk more uh, intelligently about it. You say, I need to go back and think about this a little bit. And can we continue this conversation later? So, so I wouldn't jump to like, here's the problem. If you start to get, um, if your reaction to an emotional reaction is emotional, Mm. it's just going to go South really fast. Yep. Um, so what I have been suggesting a lot lately is use your own emotions as data. Like if you have an emotional reaction to what they're saying, accept the information, the, the data that you're picking up. I'm reacting emotionally. Why am I reacting emotionally? And trying to understand what's going on inside yourself. But do you ever say, do you say goodbye to the person? If, if, if this is one of many sadly bad encounters, yeah, you may have to say goodbye to the person. But right. you would, you, when you, if you're going to do that, and you're sure this is the right time to do it, you say something like, you know, we've had too many of these encounters. And should we talk about whether we should just part ways? And that and might would that, that form a question. And that also. might even that might even disarm them and cause them to yeah. rethink and realize that maybe they've made a mistake along the line. So I, I, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, but the moment, but if you, here's the problem. If you start to use any of the suggestions I'm making as a technique, as opposed to coming from your heart, like, you know, something you really, really caring and really being in the moment, mm-hmm. then, then 
it gets seen as a technique if you're using it, you know, and yeah, you can get away with it once as a technique, I suppose. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, you don't um, want them thinking that you're pulling some Jedi mind trick on them, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 if you're thinking of what should I, how do I deal with this? You could you could use words like you know, I'm, I, and if they really come from you, I'm really not sure this is working, right. and I'm I'm not comfortable with this, and and I have a feeling that we should talk about, or I'm wondering if we should talk about whether we should part ways, and you know that that opens up the door and actually could stop it in its tracks if it's uh, not going anywhere. But it should be calmer before that happens because otherwise the person's going to, you know, possibly just say, yeah, I'm out of here. All right. Next client problem, the disappearing client. This type of client may seem eager at the beginning of a project, but then correspondence drops off and emails go unanswered for weeks or even months. Could be the client is busy and chasing other tasks. Could be that the project is not really a priority to them. And meanwhile, people like you and me, Stuart, or pretty much any professional as client is sitting back and saying, geez, I I thought that was a good client, and are they still a client? And what do you do? How do you wake them up? Well, you know, again, it's not about you, right. or in my case, about me. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And so the, the real issue is, I mean, there's a number of a number of things. One is, do they really, really need what you're doing for them? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it is it truly a priority for them? And do you believe that without having whatever it is you're doing? is something that could cause them damage or harm. And so if you believe that in your heart and you're intellectually and, and emotionally that, you know, they're hurting themselves by not doing it, then you have to reach out to them and find a way to get to them to say, look, I'm really concerned. I mean, that's like, you know, it's not quite the nuclear option. It's it's more of the, I'm, I'm really concerned this has been going on too long. I know you said you wanted to work on this project. If your priorities have changed, just let me know. It's fine. Give people an out. Mm-hmm. Always give people an out, what place to save face, because, you know, think about what's going on at their end. If they haven't reached out, the other person hasn't reached out to you for a very long time, then they might feel embarrassed. Imagine that people do have their own feelings about things, too, and they might be embarrassed and not want to reach out to you. Because I've worked with people that have asked me about this. They've they've said, you know, I haven't talked to this person in a while. The project's been sitting and I'm too embarrassed to reach out and and tell them. Mm. Well. You know, and why? Because they know the person, they developed a relationship. And once you're in a relationship with somebody, you actually care about yep. what happens. So, so give the person a chance to say, face, I've done that, you know, more than once where I've said, have your priorities changed? Is everything okay? You know, one time there was somebody that hadn't gotten back to me in a while and they were, they were taking care of a very sick parent, you right. know, and, and I have to, I have to give them the space to feel that they can say, yeah, I am. Because if you go to the, if you, if it's an empath, something where empathy is really what's important, knowing that you're empathetic and not upset with them for not reaching out to you is going to make them want to talk to you. Right. Yeah. I take so, it, I take it like, I take it continually like dropping emails that just, you know, that just say, Hey, just checking back in on this project. If you're not getting answers from those, you know, there's a reason. And I wonder if uh, sometimes it might be good to do a change of pace. One is exactly what you described, just just kind of saying flat out, is everything okay? Because I haven't heard from you. And that that tends to, I think, wake a lot of reasonable people up that, that they then realize that they've been ignoring you. They might they might really be that busy that they're, they're not intentionally ignoring you. The other thing I, I wonder if works sometimes is that I try sometimes is just mixing it up, change it. Like, for example contact them on something that hasn't has nothing to do with the project. And that could be either, Hey, I saw this article and I thought of you, 
or perhaps you're hosting an event or attending an event or something when we used to go to events and say to them, Hey, this event looks interesting. I thought it might be something you might want to take a look at. Yeah. Do you like those ideas? Those ideas are really good. Anything that is not accusatory and, you know, make not about you, right? Because Mm -hmm. the moment you make it about you, then, then they could, then that person is going to get their own emotions up and say, well, you know, if you care about you, then, you know, I don't, I don't need to respond to that. There, there are, there's somebody I'm working with now that is, is unable to get back to people. I know, I mean, cause I have a personal friendship as well. And I know that the reason the person isn't getting back is because they just can't, the person just can't, there's just so much on the plate. And so, and, and feels badly about it. So now you've got that, now you got a real dichotomy that feel badly about it and so much on the plate. So there is another thing that one can do, but that has to happen first. Like there's, I have a rule um, that I share with my clients. So I'll share it with you, which is this, and and there's no magic to this, right? It's always set a next step. And so, and find out the other person's level of priority for whatever you're doing, whatever it happens to be, whether about getting in touch again, about a project you're working on. It's not just about projects. It can be about anything, Mm -hmm. but always set a next step and make sure you kind of have control of that next step. So the control of the next step is if I don't hear from you by such and such a date, what would would you like me to do? So do we chat to you and check in? You know, I know you're really busy. You can, some of the stuff you can beat, you can say, I know you're really busy and I want to, and I want to reach out to you. I want to make sure that we do get together. Is that something that's really important to you? Do you you want me to pester you? You can even say that. Do you want me to pester you? And then you can say, you told me to pester you. Right. Right. So, so try and anticipate these kinds of things as much as you can and can't always but sometimes you can, sometimes you realize what, what, before it happens. And we learn, we learn because these things have happened to us before. Mm-hmm. So, so trying to set a next step and then do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. If you haven't reached out to someone for four weeks and you promised you'd reach out in one week, then, then you have to address that too. Right. For sure. For sure. Here's the next. So that's a broader answer to your question, but it's a good answer. It's a good answer. The, here's the next one. It's called scope creep which is hard to say, first of all, scope creep. It also sounds like a horror movie about yeah. a stalker who yeah. has fresh minty breath or something. Scope, scope creep. It's, or, <laughs> I want to say scope creek, which is a lovely place in Maine where the rivers run with fresh minty mouthwash. Scope creep can happen when a client sees a new idea or wants to add new functionality beyond the original project scope of a whatever beyond the original project scope of whatever it is that you're you're working on and I know this cuz it sounds familiar cuz this has happened to me I've had clients who you know we have in black and white what the project entails and then oftentimes I'll offer things as sort of a value added you know I can also do this and I can also do this and I do that because I just want to know that I'm here for the client but sometimes I fear the client takes that as well I'll ask him to do some more things too and I'm still getting paid the same thing I was in the first place. So tell me how you can avoid going down that road. You know, let's talk about your problem, David. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fine. This is, this is I a, got plenty of them. So to, to some extent, it's a boundary issue, right? Mm-hmm. You're so desirous of pleasing, which is a good thing. I think yep. desire to please the other person, the client is a good thing. But when it when it affects your own boundaries, then it starts to become, you, you start to resent it. Mm-hmm. And so now that you've experienced this a few times, it gives you an opportunity to, to nip it in the bud before it happens. So 
So the easy, so the, the easy solution, we'll do the easy one and the hard one, right? The easy solution is when you are offering to do more, you can say, I don't usually offer this. You've got to add those words right up front. I don't usually offer this to clients, but, or the people I'm working with, but I would like to, you know, give you a few extra hours or an extra service for a little, for a little bit to see what you think and help you with this particular thing. And, and, and I'm happy to do that at no charge. Be very clear when you're suggesting the scope creep. When the client says, can you do this one more thing? You could say, well, I don't usually do that. It's not within the scope, but it's a small thing. If it, if it gets bigger or we have to do that, I think we need to talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so catch it in front. Now, let's imagine that you haven't done that, right. which is like what most of us do, right? right. And you've let it go. Then, then at some point you have to take your boundaries back and you have to say, you know, I've been doing all this you know, our original arrangement, I've had to do that. I have my, I, my arrangements generally are monthly with a certain approximate amount of not real time, but approximate amount of what is anticipated. Right. I don't like to track time, but I, I kind of do it very, very, very loosely. And I say, you know, this is, looks like it's a little, it's, it's becoming more than we originally anticipated. And, you know, and we haven't talked about it. I think it's, I think we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Would you mind? Yeah. And I think that, most of the time, if you've done a good job, the client respects you and will listen to you when you say something like that. I had that recently where I was offering sort of an extra service for someone just because they're a good client. And they they asked if I could do maybe like three more of the, these little things per month. And at that point, I knew, well, now I'm he doesn't realize he's taking advantage of me. I don't think, but he is. So I said, well, listen. You know, and I told him that this, the thing I'm doing for you was not in the original project anyway. I'm happy to keep doing that. However, I am going to have to charge you something extra for these. And he actually said, fine. He said, just tell me how much it costs. So now I'm glad. You didn't even come to me for advice on that. I know. That's very very, impressive. Very proud of myself. (laughs) The the fact of the matter is though, I hate talking about fees and maybe that's that's a thing we should spend a just a minute topic. on. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I I can't stand it. I I know what I do is valuable, and let me take it out of stop talking about me. But I think for a lot of people, they they know what they do is valuable. There's a reason why the client was working with them, and sometimes it's a case of kind of scoping up the client. And if you know this client is you know runs their own solo practice or has a small business or is someone who just simply doesn't have an, an unlimited budget you start trying to fit your peg into their board right but tell me your your best advice you give when it comes to discussing fees and and avoiding right. awkward conversations well, my, my best my best advice comes from a, is is came out of a um, conversation i had with a client and i wrote a blog about it it's mm-hmm. called Asking for Fees and Root Canals. <laughs> there you go. See, that's and, what it feels uh, like to believe me. Believe it or not, you know, I wrote this blog. I'm, I'm actually looking at it while we speak. I wrote this blog on, what's the date today? April 28th, April 21, 2011, 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. I wrote this blog. Yep. And it all started when one of my clients got on the phone with me and he said, you know, I just hate asking. I just hate talking about fees. He said, but I just got back from the dentist. I had to have a root canal and right on the, right on the counter on the dentist, the dentist counter, it says, Hey, payment, I got it in quotes, payment expected at the time services are provided. Why can't I do that? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. They do it all the time. Why can't I do it? So, um, so I wrote this blog and I have three tips, right? One is, um, 
One is believe in yourself. Like, you know, you're good at what you do, acknowledge it, accept mm -hmm. it. It's what it is. And, 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 and that your fees reflect, you have to believe this, that mm -hmm. your fees reflect the value of the work in the marketplace where you're working. And the next one is that you have to deal with the topic sooner rather than later. That's about transparency. And, and in my blog, I have a link to articles on transparency from the trusted advisor. And, and, and don't, you know, when you're providing a service, people expect to pay for it for the most part, mm -hmm. except if it's a really good friend, right. you know, and sometimes they do too. And so waiting too long makes it look like you're hiding something right. and, and, you know, hiding the ball or whatever. And that makes it more awkward. So, you know, I, I even have, I can't believe it. I put a great quote in this. It says, I'm delighted to talk more about this. Let me give you an idea of the cost. So we're on the same page. That's a good one. Oh, I got to like write that? that one down. Yeah. And then the last one is get personal. When you send the bill, don't, don't hide behind your firm's invoicing services. So annoying. People get bills from, from the, uh, the invoicing person. And, and if it's going to be higher than expected or whatever, it, talk to the client. Don't be yeah. afraid to tell them they want to hear from you. So what was really interesting, I wrote the article. I had four clients say, did you write that about me? <laughs> That's funny. So, so what it tells you basically, four lawyers, and what it tells you basically is that every, a lot of people have this issue. Why? Because this is not, you know, lawyers did not and professionals did not go to school to learn how to be salespeople or to learn how to ask for money. They went to school to learn how to practice their, their trade, whatever the trade is, whether it's law or anything else. But this is part of it. Yeah. And this is the human part. So they'll, this is this is about being human. Yeah, and you're right. How it's it's funny. It's different in different industries. I mean, the the with a, with a doctor, we never question a, a doctor's fees. I mean, we might hate the the way the insurance company gets involved or whatever, but we don't question those. We we don't we don't question when when we make an appointment with a doctor. We don't talk to the doctor. You no. know, we we talk to the. And when I was a financial advisor, my boss used to say, "What well, you have your." have your uh, admin call and set up appointments with your client. And I said, well, doesn't the client want to hear from me personally? And it's like, well, you're important. You're a financial advisor. You're, as, you're arguably as important as their doctor. They don't call up and expect to talk to the doctor. And yeah. that's not necessarily, wasn't necessarily, I didn't necessarily take that advice, but there's a, there's a point there and, and that's don't, don't diminish. I mean, I guess they call it imposter syndrome. You at, at some point. That's another topic. <laughs> There's a whole lot about that. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have you back on a future podcast for that let one. Me tell you, yeah. Let me tell you the end of this blog. The, the end of the oh, blog. Please do. What's that? Please do. Go ahead. I, I say. Meanwhile, I go through this these things, and I say this is a very short blog. Meanwhile, back in the dentist chair, then like two sentence paragraph. We all need to take our cue from those who don't mind asking for fees. As for Craig, which is what I named this guy, yep. as for Craig, he'll get another lesson when his dentist, without hesitation, tells him the cost for the cap to cover that root canal. That's right. It's very That's true. Right. Yeah, it's very true. So all good, all good stuff, Stuart. We'll, we'll conclude that segment of Wicked Smart by uh, giving you the round of applause you deserve. Well done. Well done. Again, go to strategicrelationships.com for... I take it they find your blog there as well, Stuart. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on okay. there. The blog and all the stuff that Stuart does and find him on LinkedIn. It's Stuart, the cool way of spelling it, S-T-E-W-A-R-T -E and Hirsch, H-H-H-I-R-S-C-H. I can't spell today for some reason, but I, but I eventually got it right. We're going to play a round of good stuff where both Stuart and I will recommend something good before we depart. Just for a moment, though, I do want to tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your 
own podcast. We can produce the whole thing for you. You can come to our Westwood Mass studios or do the whole thing remotely. Needless to say, during the pandemic, that has been a popular route. We will ship you out a quality USB mic so you can host your own show from the comfort of your home. We'll patch your guests in by Zoom. We'll take care of the whole thing, record the whole thing, edit it, intro music, outro music, posting, hosting, the whole mishpucha, as our people would say, Stuart. And you go to pod617.com to get started. Also, we have stuff on there, like we do podcast classes, and we have our live game show event, Zoomapalooza. Lots of fun stuff. Pod617.com, Boston Podcast Network. In pod, we trust. Let's play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. What do you think mishpucha means, literally? Do you know? Yeah, family. Is that what it means? Yeah. Oh, well, I learned something, I learned something else. The whole, I guess that makes sense, but, did, but, but I'm not using it incorrectly after all these years, am I? Mm, we'll talk about this later. Okay, that's <laughs> right. No more mishpucha for now, but a little more mishigas, perhaps. Stuart, you have something to recommend. I have a feeling maybe you already teased this earlier in the show. Tell us what you want to share with our listeners. Well, well, this is the only thing you gave me an opportunity to think about in advance. <laughs> yeah, for all for all of about thirty seven seconds, but I did. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so there's this. I'm absolutely love the book, The Trusted Advisor, which came out in like in 2001 and 2002, and the 20th anniversary must be 2001 because the 20th anniversary edition just came out, bringing it up to date, and it is just a fabulous book. And written by David Meister, Charlie Green, and Robert Galford. Charlie Green is, had hired me to be his coach a long time ago. And, and uh, this book is just fabulous. So mm-hmm. I strongly recommend it, along with its sequels, by the way, the Trusted, Trust-Based Selling and the Trusted Advisor Peel book. Yeah, so it is the standard in the industry, as far as I'm concerned, about learn, if, if you are a professional advisor, and, and that, is, that can apply to so many different industries. It, it's basically like if you have clients, the Trusted Advisor, it is, of course, on Amazon. Looks like you can get the paperback for just 10 bucks on Amazon. Go to Amazon, look for the trust, Trusted Advisor by Meister and Green. May I add, may yes. I add one thing? Sure. Free stuff. Go to trustedadvisor.com. There are podcast articles, a uh, webinar with yours truly. Oh, cool. Uh, called Network Like a Trusted Advisor and, and a lot of other stuff along with an assessment on trustworthiness. It's, it's just a lot of very, very good stuff there. So you assess yourself as to how trustworthy you are? Yes. Okay. I'd, I'd we, hate, we can talk about that later also. <laughs> I'd hate to fail that. So Stuart is the more scholarly type than me, and he recommends a book. And so, of course, I recommend a TV show. But it's one that you might have heard of. People are talking about it. It's a new Kate Winslet show on HBO, and it's called Mayor of Easttown. And when I heard Mayor of Easttown, I thought it sounds like some period piece or something, and Mayor probably refers to a horse. No, it actually takes place in philly or in out the outskirts of philly anyway let's take a quick listen to the trailer for mayor of east town on hbo Stuart can watch the rest you just have to listen i want to thank everyone for joining us to celebrate the proudest moment in east town sports history and finally miss lady hawk herself mayor Sheen. <laughs> See this yet? Big write-up in the Tribune. I'm going to frame it and hang it up in your office. Yeah, please, Jim. My daughter's been missing for exactly one year, and the police aren't doing anything. What's your mother doing? 
She's been the hero. Of all the houses my ex-husband has moved into, he has to buy the one right behind mine. Well, the Easttown Police Department received a call reporting a dead body in Creedham Creek. We've decided to bring in a county detective to assist with the case. How do you like working with my mom so far? We're just getting started out. Any tips? Lower your expectations. All right, Shh. let's cut it off there. Kate Winslet is better in small doses, but... It's you get the treat of having Kate Winslet do some kind of weird back backwoods Pennsylvania accent, and it's not bad. But as you might be able to tell, she was uh, a high school hero in her in her back in her day. She was an, an athlete. Th- this character, Mayor, played by Kate Winslet, she's a detective now. She's divorced. Her husband is off with some new person, and then we've got Kate Winslet's kids, and there's all kinds of dynamics. But it. One episode in, it looks pretty good. I, I'm pretty impressed. Kate Winslet usually does that, you know, the the high-minded British stuff or maybe a Holocaust movie or something. This is more of just like a cop drama, so it's kind of cool. Anyway, have you seen this yet, Stuart? Not well, only the trailer. <laughs> right, which hopefully didn't give away too much. But anyway, so, so far it gets the day of thumbs up. And uh, if you watch it, then, hey, drop us a line here, pod617.com. Tell us what you thought. And perhaps we'll discuss it in the future. But uh, for now, today, you have your homework, folks. Go to Stuart's website because, I mean, all the stuff that I learned already today, strategicrelationships.com. And, uh, Stuart, I hope you had a little bit of fun. Always. Thank uh, you, Dave. Okay, good. You're up. Uh, vir- we, we have dueling virtual backgrounds this morning. You guys can't see it. But, Stuart, yours is lovely. It looks like it was just cleaned. But yes. I'm. My background is an office space right. that my wife designed and took a picture of and said, this is your new office. Oh, okay. So she actually designed it. So it's only half virtual, really. That's cool. She's a, she's a design coach. And so she helps people figure out what to do with their space. She's been doing a lot of virtual home office design lately. So this this one she created and, and uh, showed me the picture. And I really liked it. So she said, I could I could have this office if I want it. Well, give, give her a plug. Where can people find out more about your wife? Her website. She has a new website, which I don't know what it is. But if you actually reach out to me and I can make it and I can send you whatever it is. Find, you know. find Stuart on LinkedIn. Send him a message and we will get that all hooked up. Thanks so much for joining, Stuart. Stuart, great stuff as usual. We will have you back, I promise, to talk about more dilemmas and have you solve all of our problems. Again, strategicrelationships.com is where you go. On behalf of Stuart, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. 